It's Ryan Grant, Green Bay Packers, and I'd like to introduce the Packers podcast. I am very excited. I absolutely love the Packers. <laughs> yes, sir. With Packer People 12 and Big B. Big B, nice to meet you, Big B. Social media fans, if they traded up to get Jordan Love. Carry the G. Packers legendary quarterback, Brett Hundley. MySpace and the Cheesehead TV comment. Okay, that, that's just stupid. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Your names are awesome, so everything else is good to go. But let's, uh, let's have fun talking about Packers stuff. Go Pack, go. This is Joey of Underage Packers welcoming you to another episode of the Underage Packers podcast. This is episode number 28. I'm, as always, joined by my great co-host, Big B. Great stuff going on. Uh, Yesterday, I would like to start this off. Yesterday, me and Big B, we were on Aaron Nagler, our great buddy Aaron Nagler, friend of the show, uh, his Patreon-exclusive podcast, Nagler's Never Right. So I definitely recommend Go over, uh, become a Patreon member of Cheatshead TV, five bucks a month, and uh, then listen to our great episode where we preview the Bucks game with Aaron Agler. Mm-hmm. Let's get to this episode now. Obviously, this past week it was the bye week for the Packers. There is no game to recap, unfortunately, but the Bears and the Vikings did play, and we're just going to take a look at the Bears, Vikings, and Lions, where they're at now, um, what they could look like down the line, what are they doing so far, and then, obviously, ask the question, what are the Packers looking like in terms of the NSC North? Let's start off with the Chicago Bears. They obviously have a 4-1 and record. Nick Foles stepping in for Mitch. How surprised were you when you saw uh, they were benching Mitch? I mean, it was a pretty bad game from Atlanta for uh, Nick Foles. I was about to say his nickname, but we'll keep it clean. Yeah, I was. I wasn't really shocked. I was actually waiting for it this entire season. Yeah. Um, and I love Nick Foles, so I hate that he's on shit Chicago now. So. Yeah, I mean, I you know that you know me. I love my coaching connections, and then when you get into the players aspect of it, it's absolutely awesome. Like uh, this past week, we saw the awesomeness of Ron Rivera bringing over his guy Kyle Allen. And uh, my favorite one in the league, though, is Anthony Lynn and Tyrod Taylor. But that's another story for another day. Um, uh, Obviously, Matt Nagy, he was with – he's a part of that Andy Reid whole fiasco and Doug Peterson over there. So, Andy Reid is obviously best buddies, pretty much Nick Foles' grandpa at this point. Matt Nagy brings him over to Chicago. And uh, now he's he's one and one so far. Uh, his first start with Chicago, he got the win. So that's great stuff for Nick Foles, I guess. But the, the star of Chicago is obviously the defense. They're holding up. Uh, they had a great game this past Thursday against Tampa Bay, a 20-19 win. And, yeah, the defense, they, they blitz, they blitz, and they blitz again uh, against Tom Brady especially. They were making him uh, throw, throw it a lot, make some quick throws. And if you listen to Nagler's Never Right with us, we talked about that. And I brought up that I think that has to be the plan for Green Bay, not necessarily blitzing every play, but making Tom Brady throw, making him, um, forcing them so they can't run and waste all that clock with Ronald Jones. As far as injuries go, the Bears are a decently healthy team. Guard James Daniel is out for the year. He's on injured reserve. Uh, running back Tariq Cohen is on injury reserve. Also, I don't know his timetable there. And cornerback Artie Burns is also injured and is already ruled out for this next week against Carolina. Talked about their game plan. Our next matchup with them is week 12. So at this point, Big B, how confident are you 
against the Bears. I know you've left your comments on Instagram and everything. What are you? What are your thoughts on the Chicago Bears? Um, I am not scared of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they suck. Um, Packers will drop forty on them. Um, okay. Yeah, they the Packers are gonna kill them. They're gonna kill them. Okay, I I don't know if I share that sentiment with you. Uh, I, okay, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm scared of them. I, I think we we will definitely beat them. Okay, and um, I really hope we end up on some like Chicago Bears podcasts, and they're showing us eight weeks from now after they, if but it won't happen. They won't beat us. But I don't you know, care. I'm feeling confident that we will beat the Bears, but I think they are definitely our biggest threat to running away with the NFC North. I think they will. The, this isn't the end of them. They're definitely going to get more than four wins. And they can – I could see them getting maybe ten wins. They'll have, I, I don't know what their schedule looks like. But we saw this last year where Chicago, after going 13-3, and three, they, uh, they, they get the first-place schedule. They got to play a lot of division winners, a lot of good teams. And they absolutely flop because – the year before that, where they went 13-3, and three, they had a third-place schedule. And that's pretty similar with the Packers, except the Packers now are, are foreign one, and the Bears absolutely flopped when they had to face some good teams. But, yeah, I, I share your sentiment that I'm not scared of them, Of, I, but I wouldn't say they're necessarily overrated. I definitely think and they probably will get some more wins on there. Any thoughts on that statement? Well, okay, what's your final record prediction for Chicago at this point? Again, I don't I don't know what their schedule looks like, but I'll just say like 11 and 5 or 10 and 6. Okay, good. Good. I'm glad that we can at least agree on that. Next up, the Minnesota Vikings. We obviously faced them in week 1. The Bears are actually the only North team we haven't faced. Vikings are 1 and 4. I am so excited to talk about the Vikings. I love the Vikings right now. I love I mean just keep on keep on doing what you're doing Minnesota. My favorite yep. thing to do is like after I'm a, a passionate subscriber of the Minnesota Vikings YouTube page and I love they got like former players like I got to be honest man, we suck this year. It's absolutely entertaining. Um, Kirk Cousins is struggling. I, it's bringing tears to my eyes just thinking about it right now. Uh, Kirk Cousins is struggling at the moment. And Mike Zimmer is also struggling. That's become very evident to fans. We beat them 43-34 to in week one. As expected, Minnesota's defense was inexperienced. And this is, you know, it's so glorious when you're like, all right, Minnesota, you got some big problems here. You are expecting your rookie wide receiver to go in there and easily replace Stefan Diggs immediately. You're expecting your cornerback room that has three rookie starters to go in there and replace Trey Waynes, Xavier Rhodes, all those guys that they lost immediately. And so far, it's exactly, it's kind of the worst outcome for them. And all those things that we were talking about Eight weeks, three months before the season start, is that they they got they can't be relying on these rookies. They made a lot of bad offseason moves, and they shouldn't be the NFC North favorites. Proved pretty easy so far. Our game plan is Dalvin Cook and the defense question mark. I think their game plan is to have a good defense, but you can't 
game plan around your defense when the defense sucks. You can't game plan on your defense holding up when your defense doesn't hold up. Our next matchup against them is week eight, and they played the Atlanta Falcons this week. So, what what do you think is the biggest problem for Minnesota, and how do they turn around going forward? Um, well, I mean, they literally replaced everybody with rookies. Like, you just – I feel like you just don't do that. Yeah. They, and they got to get Delvin Cook healthy. They got to get him back on the field because he's pretty much their entire team at this point. Yep. Um, Mike Zimmer, he needs to uh, improve his play calling because yeah. some of those calls are – that fourth and one, especially against Seattle this past Sunday night. Ooh. Yeah, he needs to get on it or else he'll lose his job. And it, I'm honestly thinking back, maybe the Vikings should have gave their offensive coordinator promotion last year instead of letting him go to Cleveland. He's doing great things over there. He's looking like finally the coach they've always been looking for to come in there. They got a lot of talent. Now put it to use. He's looking like he might be that guy. So Minnesota and Mike Zimmer. And it's just like, what do they do now? They just extended Kirk Cousins. They needed a lot of things to go right to for the moves they made this offseason. The past few offseasons make sense, but especially this offseason, having to release a lot of their guys, and then for some reason extending Kirk Cousins. I don't understand that. I mean, you know what Kirk Cousins is. You know what he's going to give you. I don't think you can win a Super Bowl with just Kirk Cousins. He cannot be the star of the show as Aaron Rodgers was three or four years ago. Then they go and extend him. He's locked up for two or three more years at this point, and now they're pretty much stuck. You can't – I think the best move for them would to be draft a quarterback now and then have him sit under Kirk for a year, throw him out there. And – but yeah, now that they got him extended, you're not going to draft a quarterback to replace Kirk Cousins when he's locked up for our 200 million in the next three years. Uh, what do you think? It, what do you think about the quarterback problem there? Well, I was I was really never a fan of the Vikings um, signing um, Kirk. Yeah, I, I always thought they should have kept Case Keenum because he was looking pretty good. <laughs> yeah, in that system. Yeah, I think everything's falling apart in Minnesota. I don't know what the solution is, but yeah, it's definitely falling apart. They got to figure something out there. What should be working for them is not working for them. And then they got to rely on these guys that they're not too invested in. It's not a good look. And for as much as everybody complains, especially, oh my God, I will never forget draft night. When we do, we did an Instagram live stream. We had the, these, I mean, it was like we were security at like a violent riot with like a hundred thousand people or like some One Direction concert where we're trying to hold people back. Like it was, and all was like five people saying Jordan Love sucks, but it was miserable because like we were getting constant comments like, yeah. oh, Brian Gutekind sucks at drafting. Uh, his, his rookies didn't even start last year. Uh, now I'm w- wondering where they are based on Rashawn Gary's play these pa- these first four weeks. And so as much as you can complain about that, I guess where I'm going with this is look at the Vikings. 
that are now depending on their draft player, their drafted players. They are depending on these guys that they spent 15 draft picks on, and they're depending on their from their whole team. And now you look at, doesn't it look like a good idea that maybe when we draft a rookie quarterback, because we're gonna we eventually have to do that, we're not gonna go out there and sign. I don't know, um, Teddy Bridgewater five years from now. We're, we'd have, I would assume we're eventually going to do that at some point. So wouldn't it be nice that you're, you know what you're getting? You know what you're getting in Jordan Love before you throw him out there. You know, j- just a theory. But let's move on to the Lions so I can get past this rambling. <laughs> They're a one and three record. They're a pretty weak team. There's not the Vikings. It looks a lot worse because they, uh, you you expected them to do better, and everything that you expected to go well for them is not doing well. The Lions, they're like, good job. They get a participation trophy because they've been putting up some pretty good games, except against us in week two, forty-two to twenty-one. Detroit couldn't stop the exclo- uh, explosive plays, even with Devontae out. I love seeing Rodgers connect with MVS. Yeah, they're they're a pretty healthy team besides Desmond Trufant, so I guess that's going for them. Uh, their game plan, whatever it was, it did not work against Green Bay. Our next matchup against them is Week 14 and Week 6 against the Jaguars. So the Lions have, I would say they're in rebuild, but they're pretty much been in rebuild for the past 10 years. What do you think is the biggest step they got to make to get out of this hole? Fire everybody. And just sign people and just rebuild. Basically, you got to fire Matt Patricia. I think that's. Yeah. The, I mean, I don't know. I just don't know what's going on. Their roster <laughs> is not looking good. Jeff Akuda is probably a good pick. Uh, pick. Yeah. But I mean, I just don't know. They they all suck. They're the whole team. They gotta rebuild. They gotta rebuild through the draft here. All right, well, that's enough of talking about the NFC North. Uh, and let's talk about this before we get to everything that happened during the five week. Now that we're just recapping, what have they done through the first five weeks? How, how confident are you now that come January we'll have the NFC North on lock? Very. Very. Yeah. And the, the Bears are obviously the biggest threat. Yep. I mean, yeah, we're, we're obviously just such a better team than Chicago. The, but the, they'll get some wins there. But, yeah, I feel really confident that we'll have the NFC North in luck, which is always a good thing, getting in the dance. feel pretty confident that we'll get into the playoffs even at this point, but a lot of ball game left, a lot of ball game left. We saw what happened to the 49ers, and that's, that's another topic for another day, and we'll probably talk about that. Uh, week 10, is it, where we head over to Santa Clara? Sure. Yeah, whatever week it is, we'll, we'll definitely talk about their start to the season. So let's talk about what happened this week during the bye. Uh, obviously, we talked about this past week in Atlanta, Adams and Clark. We were even expecting there's an outsider's chance that they'll be back for Monday's game. They weren't. So you should feel pretty confident that they are back against Tampa Bay, especially I think maybe even if we were playing Tampa Bay in week four, you might have saw Kenny Clark and Devontae Adams. But since it was a pretty easy opponent, 
uh, they probably just said, yeah, let's, we'll rest him for the bye week. And I know Matt LeFleur, he's got to come out there and say, no, it has nothing to do with the bye week or that Atlanta sucks. It's because we want to do the best for our players. <laughs> but expect them to be back this week. EQ and Kamal Martin brought back from IR. And this is a really interesting one. I love Kamal Martin. He had a pretty good summer at training camp. Do you th- how instant do you think we see Kamal in there? And I think this really turns out to be a good situation for Chris Barnes, but I'll let you comment on Kamal Martin. Like, okay. Well, I think he's going to just hop right in there. I think I don't think he's going to be the number one inside linebacker. He's mm-hmm. definitely going to be, like, number two or number three. Like, just wor- start working him in slowly yeah. into that role. Yeah. Uh, Chris Barnes, like, congrats to him. I mean, just to be able to go in there, and now he is going to be starting over the round five pick. Unbelievable for him. And, yeah, we'll see. Definitely the Packers don't – we saw in this talk all offseason that they really don't need two reliable inside linebackers. They just need one to throw in there, and then they'll throw Raven Green or – Ibrahim, or Ibrahim Campbell's Titans now, or Channing Sullivan, anybody that they can throw in there at a dime backer. So we'll see how much we see him uh, this upcoming week. Kevin King sitting out of practice. Not good. Uh, well, he was rested for practice today. I, do you remember what was his official injury? I didn't even know he was hurt. Yeah, I was, I was informed <laughs> by Nagler on his podcast. So I – not sure about him, but it will be interesting to see if he's out. I don't think he will be just because this is new news, but who knows? Alan Lazard suddenly had some core muscle injury. We'll see how that goes. Well, Big B, any other comments before we sign off for this episode of the Underage Packers podcast? Um, Jamal Williams is the GOAT. Oh, we didn't even talk about Jamal Williams today. That is I unbelievable. I know. Jamal Williams is the GOAT. There we go. There's a All right. shout out. Well, make sure to join us this Friday for episode 29. We re preview episode or week six against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with all one and only Matt Ramage. Thanks for watching. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us on Spotify. Give us a good rating on Apple Podcasts, and we will see you later. Peace.